The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn to the book of Luke. And we're going to read out of chapter 14 tonight. I'm going to use the Passion Translation uh, to teach tonight. And so if you can find your way to Luke chapter 14, we'll get there. Get on the same page and get ready to go. I want to just say that nobody's mad but the devil and all the deadbeats. So don't be a deadbeat. The devil's a loser. He's an idiot. He's already lost. And he doesn't know what's going on. He's totally confused. His kingdom is full of strife and ill will. And it's not going to stand. Amen. So we are not deadbeats. We are not losers. We are not giving up. We are not letting go. But we are moving forward for the glory of God. I want to preach a little bit tonight for a few minutes about excuses. What is an, an excuse and what does, does the Bible say anything about people that have excuses and have used excuses? Or is it maybe just our generation that uses excuses about why we can't do what God asks us to do? But we know that's not the truth because everybody, every generation has been filled with excuse makers. We know that it started in the garden. Remember when Adam, when the Lord came walking into the garden and he found Adam and uh, Adam was hiding and the Lord said, what are you doing, man? And and he told him that he ate the, they ate the fruit of the tree. And he said, How, why did that happen? And of course, he, you know what he did? He made an excuse, didn't he? And he blamed it on his wife. In the, also in the Old Testament, when Aaron, the high priest, when he was, while Moses was up on the mountaintop doing God's bidding and business, Aaron, who was... The, the priest of Israel, he was down there and he had the people gather all the gold, lots of the gold that they had brought out of Egypt and they boiled it down and they made a golden calf out of it. And when asked about it, when Moses got down from the mountain, you know what he did? He also, like Adam, he made an excuse and he blamed it on the people. Saul went went into a city and he was commanded to deal with the Amalekites. And he said, the Lord told him, I want you to kill everything. Kill every, every animal, kill every person. These are wicked people and I want this wickedness stopped. And so Saul went in there and the Bible says that Saul didn't completely obey God, but rather... He left the best of all the animals alive and he left the best and he left the king, Agag, alive also. And when Samuel the prophet came and asked him about that, he blamed it on someone else. So the Bible is filled with people that when when they 
get challenged on something by God that they make an excuse. What is an excuse? It's something offered as a justification or a grounds for being excused. So it's when we when we make an excuse for something, we're giving we're we're offering a justification for why we did what we did. An excuse implies an intent to avoid or remove blame. That's good, isn't it? That's that's what Aaron did. That's what Adam did. That's what Saul did. They made excuses implying intent to avoid or remove blame. Amen. Uh, And I love this last definition of an excuse. An excuse is a false reason given to explain why we can't do something. That's good. I'm going to say that again. An excuse is a false reason given to explain why we can't do something. It wasn't true what Adam said. That was a false, it was a false reason. He justified it in a, in, in a wrong way. Aaron, the same thing. Aaron, he blamed it on the people. Well, it, he was to blame as well. But he was, he was, it was a false reason to explain why he didn't do what he's supposed to do. And the same thing with Saul. Now, you know, uh, I just started looking around a little bit today when I was thinking about these verses that we're going to read here in a minute, Luke 14, about excuses. I thought, well, you know, let me, let me, maybe I better come up with some examples that everybody can relate to where excuses are used the most. Okay, we know that one of those places would be school, Right? And the second place would be church. And so I've got, uh, these, these are actually for actual things that educators sent in that, have, that kids have used as an excuse for why they didn't do their homework. All right? All right, here you go. Let's see these excuses. First kid said, I couldn't do my homework because my room is haunted. That's an excuse, brother. Second kid, I didn't have time because we had a new dishwasher installed today. He was making an excuse, wasn't he? I like this one. Another excuse for why you didn't turn in your homework. My dad forgot to do it for me. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's a couple problems with that, isn't there? This, uh, apparently, they, they said these are very real examples, so this is crazy, but a wolf came into my house and took my backpack that had my homework in it, I'm sure. <laughs> it slipped out of my hands and blew away. That's also why I'm late to school because I was chasing it. One kid said, I did my homework, but when the Martians came, they sucked all the ink off the paper. That sounds like something that somebody at Imago Day might use. (laughs) 
let's see. This, this is a good one. This is, he said, my teeth were itching. <laughs> there you go. Next kid said, why, you know, why didn't you turn in your homework? My mom did it wrong, and so I threw it out the bus window. So he blamed it on his mother. <clears throat> Next kid said, I left my homework in the back of a pickup truck, and we went through a car wash. So. Next kid said, I made a cake for my cell structure project, but my parents ate it. <laughs> so they ate the cake. They ate the project. Amen. All right, so that's some stupid reasons and excuses about schoolwork. How about for missing church? Now, I'm a pastor, and I, I promise that I didn't write any of these things, but I, I can say amen that these kind of things, as wild as they are, are excuses that I've heard through the years about why people miss church. All right? Here we go. <clears throat> these are actual pastors that sent these in so we were first one we were out of peanut butter that's why he missed church this is the guy that put these together is Tom Rainier one of the great church growth gurus in America he's a great brother and uh, and then so he makes a comment after some of these He's commenting on these excuses for why they miss church. We were the first one. We were out of peanut butter. Tom Rainier said, "Of course, no one can worship without his or her peanut butter fix." This I love this one. One it was a young person apparently. He said, "Why why you been missing church?" He said, "Because both my girlfriends attend church there." So. He didn't want to get into a scrap, I guess. Listen to this one. Reason, excuse why they, why they were missing church. The worship leader pulls up his pants too often and it's distracting. <laughs> Bill, I, didn't, I don't even think I saw you do it once tonight, man. <clears throat> My kids take naps during that time. Tom Rainier said, we'll bring them to church anyway, and they can nap during the services with our deacons. Amen. Next one, excuses why they, why they were missing church. Gas prices are too high. Amen. Well, you come to a faith church, you don't have that excuse, because no matter how high gas gets, we're going to believe God for the money to pay it. Now, this may be the wildest one. This, and I want to tell you, this has never happened to me, all right? But somebody sent this in as a reason, a pastor, that they were given by one of their congregants about why they were, an excuse why they were missing church. They said, well, because the pastor is too attractive. And when I see him preaching, I am totally distracted by his good looks. I, I want to tell you right now, don't worry about it. That has never happened at the church, any church that I've ever pastored. Hallelujah. Amen. Next one. Excuse why you miss church. My wife cooked bacon for breakfast 
and our entire family smelled like bacon. Hmm. Next one, why do you miss church? The pastor just stays in the Bible too much. Hmm. Boy, don't you hate it when the pastor gets in the Bible, man? It's an excuse. <clears throat> why you've been missing church? This person said, we got burned out at church and have been taking a break for the last seven years. Amen. <laughs> I love this one. Why'd you miss church? Why have you been missing church? The church is too close to drive and too far to walk. <laughs> it's too close to drive and too far to walk. Tom Rainier said, well, if you like, we could move our church to the next state and then you could fly in. Amen. <laughs> you got to love these. Why you been missing church? Because last time I was there, someone called me brother instead of using my real name. So I guess he was offended by it. and He was thinking that was a good excuse because somebody called him brother. Tom Rainier says, well, hey, he's talking to that person. He says, well, at least they didn't call you sister. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a whole bunch more, but suffice it to say, there's excuses for homework. There's excuses for missing church. We can make excuses for why we're not doing well, why we're failing, why we're, why we're, why we're late, why we're sloppy, why we're doing a, an inadequate job. But let's get into the word and find, let's see if Jesus ever dealt with anything like that. <clears throat> and uh, let's begin in Luke 14, verse 12, in the Passion Translation. Then Jesus turned to his host. So Jesus was sitting at bread with some of the Pharisees and their leaders. And Jesus said, when you throw a banquet, don't just invite your friends, relatives, or rich neighbors, for it is unlikely they will return the favor. It is better to invite those who never get an invitation. Invite the poor to your banquet along with the outcast, the handicapped, and the blind, those that could never repay you the favor. Then you will experience a great blessing in this life, and at the resurrection of the godly, you will receive a full reward. Now down to verse 16. Jesus is kind of using the feast concept in, a, in another way to explain some, some things he's talking about. There was a man who invited many to join him in a great feast. When the day of the feast arrived, the host instructed his servants, servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come because everything is now ready for you. So the, the king, he's, he, the man sent out all these invitations, you know, if you're going to go to a wedding, you, you get an invite to the wedding, right? And are you going to go to a, 
a function. You get an invitation, and then you respond to that invitation. And um, so he, he's, he sent out a lot of inv- invitations. And then, at the right time, he sent his servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready for you. In other words, it's time for what you were invited to. It's, we've got everything ready, and now is the time that you should come. Now, here you go. I want to warn you, this might be convicting. But one by one, verse 18, they all made excuses. They gave a false reason to justify their behavior. They began to make excuses. One said, I can't come. I just bought some property and I'm obligated to go over and look at it. Well, okay, let me just read this before I begin to comment. There's a lot to say about that. Another said, so the first guy said, I just bought some land and I got to go look at it. Isn't it amazing that he had to go look at it at the same time that the banquet was, was prepared and it was time to come. <clears throat> Another said, please accept my regrets, for I just purchased five teams of oxen and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. Hey, brother, you know what I would say to him? You should have found that out before you bought the oxen. I mean, you didn't even know if they could pull your plow. So what are they doing? They're making excuses. The first guy said, I can't come. I know it's an important function. I know it's a big feast and it's important, but sorrowfully, I can't come because I got to go check on my property. I bought these oxen and I got to make sure that they can pull a plow. Another one said, I can't come because I just got married. That'd be a good reason to come if you just got married, brother. Amen. So so whether it's land, oxen, I just got married. The servant reported back to the host and told him of all their excuses. And so the master became angry and said to his servant, go at once through the city and invite anyone you find, the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, the lonely, and invite them to my banquet. Now, you know, those people, the poor, the lonely, the the, the crippled, the blind, disabled, hurting, they never get an invitation to anything like this. But because the people that were supposed to come, they, they're the ones that, that had a relationship with the person, obviously, that sent out the invitations, right? That they were supposed to come. They all made excuses for why they couldn't come. But if you find the blind, the poor, the disabled, the hurting, the lonely, and invite them to a banquet, I guarantee you they are going to come. When the servant to his master, he said, Sir, 
I have done what you've asked, but there's still room for more. So in other words, I brought in poor people, blind people, lame people, disabled people, crippled people, lonely people, broken people, just like we were before Christ came into our heart. And I've invited them to the banquet and they've come, but there's still room in the house. And so the master told him, all right, we'll go out again. And this time, bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcast, even the homeless. Urgently insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. Now listen to this last verse, verse 24. I say to you all, the one who receives an invitation to feast with me and makes excuses will never enjoy my banquet. You know, the Bible teaches us that when we get to heaven, those that are really saved, if the blood of Jesus is over your heart and you really, really are a Christian, you're a dedicated, you, you're not trusting yourself, you're trusting the cross, you're trusting in the blood. And at the end of all things, when, when everything is said and done, things are finished and there's a great gathering in heaven, right? The Bible says there's going to be a great supper. There's going to be a marriage supper. It's called the marriage supper or the marriage banquet, if you will, of the Lamb. And that'll be when we, the, one of the first things that happens upon our entrance when things all wrap up down here on earth. Amen. And, but I love this verse. I say to you all, Jesus said, the one that receives an invitation to the feast. I want you to know tonight that God has sent out an invitation to you tonight and to me. That invitation is to come to the, the ultimate banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb. But sadly, many people, just like happened in this story, they, these guys that were invited to a natural banquet, we're invited to a spiritual banquet. And yet, and the same thing happens spiritually as happens in, to an, in, in the natural. They begin, people can make excuses. We make excuses why we're not going to get saved yet. We're make, we make excuses why, why we won't stop doing such and such habits. We make excuses for ourselves. These are false justifications. And that's what these folks did to Jesus. And I want to challenge everyone tonight. We can't do that to our Savior. Because we owe everything to him. And he invited us to the banquet, man. I, I'm, honestly, I still can't believe I got an invitation. I'm like one of the people that... Jesus talked about the, the blind, the crippled, the, you know, those people never get an invitation. Why would, why would such an important person invite me, such a loser, such a nobody, to come into fellowship with him and to ultimately come 
to that banquet when we get to heaven. Well, it's because he sent an inv- You know, everybody gets an invitation. God has called every man, woman, boy and girl to serve him with all their heart. He's invited you not just to come to go to the banquet in heaven. He's invited you to come now, come to the cross. And once you come to the cross, to live a committed life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And not make excuses for why we aren't or why we can't. As stupid as these things sound that I read about excuses about what happened when I didn't do my homework or these excuses, as stupid as they sound, about why folks have have been missing church. Man, there are so many excuses that people offer why they're not serving Christ today. And and I want to challenge you, don't just serve him. Man, be on fire for him. Be on fire. Be red hot. Be true blue. Be turned on. When the invitation comes, and it's coming tonight, if you, if you don't think you received it tonight, well, God gave me this word here in Luke 14 about excuses just for you. And uh, I want to challenge you tonight to, to, to quit making excuses for your failure. Quit making excuses about why you haven't or why you can't. And find reasons why you're going to, and and why you can. And I believe tonight that the day of excuses for us when it comes to Jesus, and really even in our whole life, those days are gone. We are not going to live by false justification for our behavior or for, for our actions. Amen. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray for everyone tonight. I pray for all the folks, God, that have tuned in tonight. I ask you to touch their heart. Help all of us, Lord, not be excuse makers, but help us to be people of action and people that produce results for the glory of God. Lord, I'm telling you publicly and to this entire congregation tonight, whether online or here. Jim Crabb is not going to make excuses for his lack of service to the Master. He's going to obey God. Amen. Praise God. I love you. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website, at imagodeicincy.com I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.